Hey, thank you so much for listening to this message. We're wrapping up our series 2020. It's been four weeks on our vision and the vision we believe God has for your lives. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. The book of Matthew today, I want to read us a verse that's going to get us going where I want to go. It's super, super short. Uh, Jesus is speaking here. He doesn't say a whole lot, but the thing I love about Jesus is Jesus has the ability to say very little, but speak a whole lot, if you guys know what I'm saying. He can, he can pack so much in in a few sentences. So uh, the verse and, and the passage we're looking at today, it's super short, but... We're going to bring a whole lot out of it. So Matthew chapter 13, if you guys have a Bible, you can follow along. If not, it's on the screen behind us. Uh, Matthew 13 says this, uh, Jesus speaking, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. And the birds come and perch in its branches. One thing that uh, we here at Kingdom Church, we try to never do, uh, we never want to speak what we call Christianese. You guys are like, what language is Christianese? Uh, one thing I've realized hanging out with Christian people, church people, is a lot of times they can speak in a language that is different than uh, how an average person would talk. Uh, for, for most people, it's like, how's life going? Uh, we'll say good, great for like a church person. It's like, I'm so blessed. Like, I'm just blessed. It's funny, for a lot of us, when we try to figure out where our life is going, the direction we want our lives to go, in church world, it's completely different. We're always trying to figure out God's will, right? Like, what is God's will for my life? What is God's will? What are you going to do when you graduate? I don't know, whatever God's will is for my life. We as Christians, as church people, we kind of have a way where we speak differently. And so... Uh, one thing that we value here at church is we never want to speak in a language that an average person uh, who's never been in church their whole life could understand. And so uh, the reason to say that is uh, this morning as we begin, uh, I actually want to use a very churchy word. Uh, are you guys okay with that? Yeah. I'm going to explain it. I'm going to, I'm going to explain what it means in everyday term. But uh, the word that I kind of want to use as we get started this morning uh, is this idea of seasons. Uh, if you're a Christian person, you know exactly what this is talking about because life works in seasons, right? Like, I'm in a blessed season right now. I'm in a growing season right now. I'm in a waiting season right now. Have you guys ever heard anyone speak like that? I'm in a, I'm in a season, right? I'm in a season. And so uh, it's funny because the average person, like, it's just like I'm 24 right now. That's my life. But for a Christian, it's like I'm in a season. And uh, the reason I want to kind of explain it, and for those who don't quite understand it, a season is just a time in our lives for the, for the average folk. A season is a time in our lives. And, and the reason I want to begin this morning by talking about seasons is because I have a belief that our lives work in seasons. Our lives work in seasons. And one thing that I've realized is not only do our, life, our lives work in seasons, we as humans work in seasons, but the whole world functions in seasons. Right? Everything functions in seasons. Nature, creation functions in seasons. One thing I love about Alberta, I love that we get four seasons. Is anyone like that? Some people are like, no, Alberta. I can hear the haters already. I know you guys. It's like Alberta doesn't have four seasons. We have two. We have winter and construction. That's it. I hear it all the time. But I, I truly believe, and you guys can disagree, Alberta, we have four seasons. And I love the fact that we have four seasons, especially like uh, the season we're in right now, spring. I love spring. And the reason I love spring is because <laughs> we just came out of winter, right? 
And it's funny, my mom, uh, she lives like she's backed onto a ravine, so her house behind it is all filled with trees. And the thing I love about spring in Alberta is like all of a sudden it's like, it's here. Right? Like, it's just, it's here. Like, two weeks ago, we're at our house, and the, the branches were completely bare. There was no leaves. There was nothing. And then, like, we came back Mother's Day. All of a sudden, the whole backyard's green. It's just like, that's, and I love it. I love, I love the way the seasons go, and I love how seasons work. And what I want us to understand this morning, what I want us to see, is I believe in the same way that nature works in seasons, so our lives work in seasons. Are you guys with me this morning? I'm going to have to hear you this morning. Our lives works in what? Seasons. seasons. The problem is for a lot of us, we do not realize that our lives work in seasons. And if we do not realize that our life works in seasons, we can often be trapped by the season that we are currently in. The reason that we're able to get through winter when it's minus 30 in February is because we know a new season is coming. We know spring is on the way, but for so many of us, we don't realize that our lives work in seasons. And so what happens as humans, we have dry seasons. As humans, we have cold seasons. As humans, we have rough seasons. And for a lot of us, we, don't, we are not able to get through it because we don't understand that our lives work in seasons. And so that is kind of what I want to unpack this morning. I want us to realize that we as people work in seasons. And so what that means is whatever season you are currently in is only a season. season. It's only a season. This morning, we're going to be in the, the book of Matthew, and I'll get there in a second. We are in the fourth part of our series, 2020. What we are doing in this series, uh, we've been unlocking our vision and our values as a church. What do we as Kingdom Church value? What do we find is important? If you're with us in week one, we talked about this idea of generosity. Right? We said we want to be generous people. Last week we said, uh, as a church, we want to be open. We don't care where you came from. We don't care what you have done in your past. We're open and you are welcome at this place. That was last week. This week, as we close up our series, I want to... <laughs> we're not closed this week. We're still open. I'm just recapping. Last week, uh, this week, I should say, sorry. We're closing on our series. And uh, if you're with us, actually, in week one, uh, we talked about the, the parable of the vine and the branches. Anyone heard that parable before? Who was here for week one? Yeah. This morning, what I want to do is I want to go back to the garden. Someone say back. back. I want to go back to the garden. One thing I've realized reading scripture is a lot of times that God, Jesus, whoever is speaking, we are often compared and contrasted to nature. Uh, we're, we're compared and contrasted to vines, to branches, to wheat, to chaff. This morning, to a mustard seed. So we're going to go back to the garden. We're in Matthew chapter 13. In our story right now, Jesus is speaking to, to a group of people. And the Bible tells us Jesus is speaking and the crowd uh, is getting so large, the crowd continues to grow that Jesus has to kind of back up into the water. He's on the shore, but they're like, there's too many people. So Jesus gets in a boat and he begins to teach from the water. I have a belief that when Jesus speaks, people listen. And so the crowd is getting so large that, that he has to back up. Jesus kind of has to back up into the water, and he begins to teach his people. And one thing that Jesus does in Matthew chapter 13, what we're looking at today, he begins to tell parables. He doesn't just tell one. We're only going to look at one. But one of the reasons I believe that Jesus speaks in parables is because Jesus knew that he could pack a whole lot into a parable that he couldn't necessarily pack in by just explaining full, out, full right what he means. And a part of it, and a part of the reasons I believe that Jesus spoke in parables is for the people that were listening. He was able to get them, and he, and he wanted to figure out who is actually listening, who is actually going to dig deep into what I'm saying. 
And so this morning, Jesus is speaking in a parable in Matthew 13, and we're going to dig deep into what he has to say. I have a belief that those who dig deepest have the most to gain. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31, again, it says, He told them another parable. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. What we're doing this morning, we were looking at our third and final uh, core value as a church here at Kingdom. And our core value we're looking at this morning is innovation. It's innovation. We value innovation. All three together, if you've been us throughout, with us throughout this series, we value generosity, we value accessibility, and we value innovation. And this morning, I want to look at innovation. And now, as you look at this Bible verse, you might be thinking to yourself, what does a mustard seed have anything to do with innovation? Because for a lot of us, when we think of innovation, we think of brand new, exciting ideas. We think of big, we think of fancy, we think of shiny, we think of a new app. My family is always trying to find the next app they can create, and they have some ideas. <laughs> and so we're asking ourselves, well, what does this passage have to do with innovation? You see, I have a belief that innovation is not necessarily doing something big. Innovation is just doing something different. And if we begin to do something that we were not doing before, that's actually innovative. That's innovative. One thing that we believe is that as a church, change is how we go further faster. We believe as a church that God is constantly and continually calling us to change. And so as we change, as we grow, God is going to call us to do new things. And so oftentimes I think we get confused as to what innovation looks like. Like I said, innovation is not always doing something big. It's actually sometimes just starting something. Are you following? Sometimes innovation, sometimes the most creative things we will do is not necessarily something new. It's just something that we weren't doing before. And so as a church, that's what we value. We value innovation. And so in this parable, Jesus is speaking to a group of people. He is speaking about what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. And he says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And it's funny because for those who know what happens after Jesus goes, Jesus leaves the earth. And in the book of Acts, it documents the growth of the early church. The early church explodes and they're known as the way. And the way they go, and, and they're just, they're growing, they're growing, they're growing. And so Jesus here, he's laying the blueprints for how kingdom work looks like, how the kingdom grows. And so what I want to do this morning is I want us to understand how growth looks in the eyes of Jesus. Can we do that this morning? Everyone found a seat? Fantastic. I don't know if you guys realize, I was a little bit distracted because I'm watching everyone find a seat. You guys are all good? Everyone got a seat. I don't want anyone standing. I'm so glad you guys could be here. Uh, we're in it now. Uh, we're going to look at what innovation looks like in Jesus' way. Uh, so again, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. What we need to realize is what does a mustard seed actually look like? Is there anyone in this room has ever seen a mustard seed before? Yeah. A few people. For those who have not seen it, a mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds you will ever see. Generally speaking, and it can vary, they say on average a mustard seed is one to two millimeters in size. For those, if you're like, what does a millimeter actually look like? Good news for you. I was at the dentist this week, getting my teeth cleaned. And uh, generally, I'm pretty quiet at the dentist because they have their hands in my mouth. <laughs> but this week, my dental hygienist, she was very chatty. And so we got, talking, got to talking about dental health. And one thing she told me, she said, the way that you know if your gums are healthy or not is how far up they go into your teeth. And so she said, a healthy gum length is one to two millimeters. Three, four is okay. Five, 
6 to 10 is like you got some work to do and gingivitis is around the corner. And so, generally speaking, I just want you guys to think for a second. If you have healthy gums, they're one to two millimeters up in your teeth. You guys, can you guys picture what I'm saying? Your gums go in between your teeth, one millimeter. So, it doesn't really matter. You guys, like, I didn't come to church to get dental advice. <laughs> Here's the point of it, floss. One millimeter, two millimeters is extremely small. It's extremely small. And I just want, I want this picture in your head because what's so interesting is Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And so as soon as the people began to picture what he's saying, they're going to begin to think about this small little seed. This thing that is so small, you can barely even see it. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. We're speaking about innovation. We're speaking about healthy growth. For so many of us, when we think of growth, we don't necessarily think of something really small. Because I think that we live in this world of instant, right? Instant gratification, instant coffee, instant popcorn. Skip the dishes. You get the masterpiece without the mess if you're with us in week one. And so when we think new, when we think change, when we think innovation, when we think of, uh, of making a difference, we think big. But Jesus here, what he wants us to do, and here's the first thing I want us to understand about innovation. And, the and when I speak of innovation, we mean as a church we want to be innovative, but we also believe that God's call in our lives as a people is to constantly be growing. It's to constantly be changing, because if we are not growing, we are actually dying. Come on, I need to hear you, church. God's call for us to grow, but here's the thing. I want us to think about growth differently. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, so what he is saying is he wants us to begin to think small. Think small. This is a vision series. If you've been with us, when you hear vision, we think big, we think grand, we think planned, but what Jesus is saying is think small. And now maybe you're saying, well, well, there's nothing in my life that is small. I believe that God has a big plan. He's got a big dream. He's got a big car. He's got a big house, or whatever it may be. But I have a belief that anything big in life first starts small. Jesus says start small. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, it says this. He says, do not despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. See, I want to speak to someone right now because I know how we are as people. You see, as people, we have a tendency to put most into that which we view as big. That which we view as, as significant. But what, what Zachariah is telling us, I think he's speaking to the very heart of people. He's saying, do not despise small beginnings. And I, I think the reason he says despise is because he knows us as people, we have a tendency to despise that which is small. But in order for us to get that which is large, in order for us to do something of significance, we have to start small. So Zachariah says, despise not the day of small beginnings. This is where we begin to talk about seasons. The season of starting is often small. For those, if, if you're new to Kingdom Church, uh, we've been around uh, since September, so about seven months. Uh, but I kind of want to just document how our church, how we got here. I, was, I have a prayer journal, and this last week I was reading it. And I flipped back all the way to August 2017. And in August 2017, I was kind of in this place, and I was just reading it. And it's weird to read your own words sometimes. But I was reading what I was saying. And I just, I, as I'm reading the word, I could feel it that God had planted this idea on my heart. 
start a church, start a church, start a church. And I'm reading these words, August 2017. It's now May 2019. And as I saw it, I began to see how God has worked with us here at Kingdom. You see, Kingdom Church started with just a seed. It was a thought. It was a small thought. And then as we move forward, last May, we were a year out. In May 2018, uh, we began to meet at my house in my basement. And there was a group of us meeting in a basement that was much too small for the people that were in there. And there was no air conditioning. And sometimes it got stuffy and musty. And sometimes people were sweating. Maybe it was just me. But it was in that basement that, that we began to share this vision that God had placed on our heart. And the vision for Kingdom Church, we said, man, we want to make an impact in St. Albert. We want to make an impact in Edmonton. We want to make an impact in our region. There are at least, we said, at least 600,000 people that do not know who Jesus is. And that's unacceptable. And so we said, as a team, as a group, we want to put a dent in that number. But as I look back and as I look at how we've been going, we started small. It's a thought. And then it's a group in a house. And now here we are seven, seven months later and we're in a church. And I want to just speak because by church standards, it feels really nice in here right now, but we are still technically a small church. And I'm, I'm going to speak to that right now because I want to tell you guys, I want you guys to understand, we will not always be a small church. And now maybe you're sitting here saying to yourself, well, I love small church. We can talk to everyone and I can rub everyone's shoulders. But the heart of our church is never to be small, and it's not about numbers, it's not about ego, it's about the fact that there are thousands and thousands of people that do not know who Jesus is. And so how selfish of us to say, I want to come here and just hang out with my friends. We're missionally focused, we have a place that we want to go. If we ever stop and say, I just want to be small, we're no longer kingdom church, we're kingdom club. We're not here to be a club. We're here to make a dent in that number. We're here to make an impact because heaven and hell are realities and there are people that do not know the goodness of Jesus. And we need to put a dent in that number. But how it starts, it starts small. It starts small. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. I think as a people, we just want to harvest, but we don't necessarily want to put the work in to get the harvest. We would love the bountiful crops, but are we willing to put in the work? One thing that, that, that I, I feel like God put on my heart is that as a people, we need to begin to actually just start. And I, I spoke there for, for, about our church, but I want us to begin as a people to start. One of the things that I think stops us from starting is we think too big. In your own personal lives, why, why are you struggling so much? It's because you're thinking too big. I'll, I'll illustrate it like this. I remember when I was 18, 19 years old, uh, I got a membership at the YMCA, and... Uh, I was super intimidated because, like, I mean, you guys can see how jacked I am now, but <laughs> wasn't always like this. <laughs> but when I, I was even skinnier at that point when I was, when I was 19. And, and one thing that really intimidated me about going to a gym, because, like, I never actually been to a real gym before, is, like, all these guys are big, right? And they got their muscles. And, and your first, I think our first reaction as people was, like, well, I'll, and this is what I thought. I was like, I'll never be that big. So why should I even start, right? Like, why should I even go in there? Why should I even put myself in the same room as these people? You see, what I was doing is I was thinking too big. It's not about getting huge. It's about getting in. It's about the taking the first step. And I'm just, I, I, I haven't told you guys, but this is going to be a very practical message this morning. I speak to so many people, and they struggle in their spiritual lives. They struggle praying. 
They struggle reading the Bible. And, and one of the reasons I think they struggle is because they begin to think too big when they really need to just start small. So many people I talk to, like, I'm intimidated. I don't know how to read the Bible. I don't know where to start. It's so thick. There are a thousand pages. Here's some advice. Start with page one. Start with one chapter. Start with one verse. It's about starting small. Of course it's going to be intimidating when we look at the big book. It's like, I'm never going to get through that. But one thing God's been speaking to me, especially when it comes to the Bible, he's just saying, slow down. There's no rush. Who are you racing against? Right? It's starting small for those who struggle with prayer. It's like, man, how do I pray? Like, what do I say? I don't know how to get on my knee. Like, what do I start like this? Hey, God, dear Jesus, God, thank you for this day. And if you've never prayed before, you've just tripled your output. <laughs> start small. Start small. He says, do not despise the day of small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin because the Lord knows if we never start the work, we'll never be able to see the final result. So we cannot despise small. Uh, a motto I heard it a few weeks ago, and I'm trying to say it in my life, is everything is significant. This is significant. So many of us, we live in life and we're chasing after significance. I want a more significant job. I want a more significant relationship. I want a more significant role in my life. But what Jesus has been saying to me in my life is everything is significant. Every little task is significant. Every little thing makes a difference. And you never know what God is doing right now that's going to help you five years down the line. This is significant. I remember when I was in school, I had a class called homiletics, and it's a preaching class. And at that time, I had never really preached or spoken that much. And uh, I, I preached a sermon in front of our class. There was like six people, our teacher. And then at the time, uh, our school chaplain, she just decided to sit in. And she, this lady, she's like a firehouse preacher. Uh, she's like black preacher, if you guys have ever heard. I love it. Um, but she, she was there, and she was listening. And then after, I don't know if I spoke to her or she spoke to me. And I was like, how was it? And she's like, that wasn't a sermon just roasted. Because <laughs> like, I'm expecting Lisa like a, a pity. Like, it's good. <laughs> she's like, that wasn't, a, she's like, I don't know what that was. And I was like, thank you so much. Let me go back into medicine. Um, but then she said, she's like, well, you want to get better? And I was like, yeah. She's like, okay, come upstairs with me right now. And I was like, where is this going? And so, <laughs> you guys are sick. So we go upstairs to a classroom, and it's just me and her. And uh, this about, is about to be the most awkward moment of my entire life. And she says, preach to me. She says, preach to me right now. And like, you guys think it's hard preaching in front of 70, 80, 100, 200. Try preaching in front of one person. She's like, preach to me right now. And I remember in that moment, I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And so I started, and I looked like I started whatever I was speaking about, and she stopped me, and she was like, stop. She was like, do it again. She was like, start again. She was like, say it like you mean it. Say it. And she stopped me like four, five, six times until I actually began to preach it. But I remember at that time, I thought, this is so dumb. This is so insignificant. What's the point of this? But here's the thing. If I couldn't preach to one, how could I preach to 100? How could I preach to 1,000? How could we reach 1 million people? Because we just despise small beginnings. If she took me upstairs, like, I got a crowd of 300 people. It's like, man, put me in. <laughs> but Jesus works. He starts small. The kingdom starts small. It starts with a, a mustard seed. 
This is significant. I want to speak to someone's life. What you are doing right now, it is significant. The time that you are putting with your kids, you're like, why am I doing this? It is significant. I have to beg my kids to come to church. It is significant. You're making a difference. Listen to this. For those of you in work, you have a boss. You're like, why am I doing so much for him? Every time you serve him, it is significant because you are learning how to serve. And if you never learn how to serve, you'll never learn how to lead. Because leadership is just servanthood. This is significant. We can't always be looking for the big things. Jesus says, start small. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's like a mustard seed. I want to put the verse up again real quick. I want us to see something. Because I've spoken a lot about the mustard seed. I think we are the mustard seed. As a church, we are a mustard seed. As a people, we are a mustard seed. But there's something very interesting that we cannot overlook when it comes to the mustard seed. Because the thing about the mustard seed, although it is small, it has great and untapped potential. But look at what Jesus says next. He says, the man took it and planted it in a field. The man took the mustard seed and he planted it in a field. Get this. We are a mustard seed, all of us in this room. And the mustard seed has untapped potential. But if we never get planted, we will never reach our potential. The mustard seed outside of the soil actually has no value. It doesn't do anything. And so you're saying to yourself, Harrison, what does that mean? I believe this. If we as a people never get planted in fertile soil, we will never get to the place that God has called us to go. We will never do what God has intended us to do. I, uh, there's a stat that says 87% of Christians, this is people that follow Jesus, they were polled, and they said, do you know what your purpose in life is? And 87% said no. They said, I have no idea why I exist. I have no idea what on earth I'm here for. You see, we believe that God has a plan, he has a purpose, he's calling us to change, he's calling us to grow, but so many of us have no idea why on earth we are here. And so what I want to do is a practical message this morning. I want to show us how can we find our potential. How can we get planted in soil? There's two things you can do. How can I find out my purpose? How can I find out my potential? Super easy, growth track. What's growth track? It's funny, if you heard Andrelle doing the MC and thing, man, give her Andrelle a round of applause. <laughs> Love that man. But every single week, we talk about growth track. We say, hey, come to our growth track. Come to our growth track. Unlock your purpose. Unlock your potential. And I, and I get questions all the time. People are like, what's growth track? And actually, sometimes like, there's like a shrewd of, of mystery around it. Like, what happens in this growth track? <laughs> it's super simple. We run it every single week, right after service. And the purpose of it is we want to connect you, number one, to your God-given potential and purpose. But we want you to understand as a church why we exist what we're trying to do, what our mission is, where we are going. In this series 2020, I've been kind of sharing just to the whole body about what our vision and our values are as a church. But in Growth Track, we go even deeper. Someone say deeper. God has a purpose and he has a plan for your life. And we believe that everyone in this room is a 10 in some area. You may not all be good preachers. You may not all be good singers, but you are a 10 somewhere else. We want to help you unlock that potential, unlock that which is in you, because we think that you can make an eternal difference. The pastor does not just make an eternal difference. The speaker, the, the singers, it's everyone. We want you to untap that potential, and so it's super simple. We want you to get planted. How do I get planted? Growth track. When does growth track start? In about 15 or so minutes. 
If you're new here, you are invited. If you've been here for a while, you never come, you are invited. If you're on our team and you don't know what we value, you better be in there because you need a refresher. <laughs> Growth track, we love it. We, we pump it all the time. But there's two things. How can I get planted? The reason we get planted is because in the soil is where the seed begins to grow. Next thing, what can you do? Kingdom crews. Can you make some noise if anyone's in the kingdom crew here? A few people, come on. Next week, that's going to be like, yeah! Kingdom crews are our version of small groups. What a small group is, it's a group of people that do life together. We have different groups meeting around the city, meeting at different times, different places. But the reason that we have small groups is because we believe that in your walk with God, in your Christian walk, you cannot do it alone. You can't do it alone. I'm the pastor of this church, and I will try my very best to pastor you. I will try my very best to be there for you. But I'm telling you this, there is something within small groups where those people are there for you all the time. They're a phone call away. They're a text away. They're there when you meet up to, to study the Bible, to answer questions. You see, the thing about uh, soil, and we're using this metaphor, is that the soil in which we are in, it has to be watered. And if we are never watered, we will never grow. And so I hope when you come here, you get watered a little bit. But I'm going to tell you, and, and this is just so true because Christy and I experience it, if you don't water more than once, it's going to die. Once a week is not enough. Christy and I water our lawns zero times a week. She did. <laughs> if we as people, if we as believers, if we do not get watered, if we do not grow, we will die. And so what we're trying to do, we're trying to get planted. We are trying to get planted. We start small. We're a mustard seed, but then we get planted. And once we are planted, our roots begin to grow. Our roots begin to grow. One thing, if you know anything about people that stay in church, a lot of times people that stay in church the longest are those who have been there the longest since they've been young. Kids that grow up in church have a tendency, even if they leave, they come back because they have roots, because their roots were grown. And I'm not saying we have to be kids, but all of us, our roots need to grow. And when our roots grow, we will begin to see change. We will begin to do things that we could never even imagine. And so if you're wondering, why is my life not where it is right now? Why am I not feeling like the way I should be? Why am I not connected like I should be connected? I, I hear people all the time, like, and none of you guys, I love you all. But it's like, man, I went to that church and no one spoke to me. I went to that church and I have no friends. I went to that, I'll tell you this, if you come to Kingdom Church, you have no excuse. Because after service every single week is growth track. We'll find you some friends. We'll get you in a small group. People will talk to you. People will speak to you. But if we don't water it, it's not going to grow. Christy, speaking of our lawn, we have a tree in our backyard. And we live in a duplex, and so you can see our tree and all of our neighbor's trees. And their trees always grow much better than our trees. And so Christy's always asking me, I don't know why, like she thinks I'm a master gardener. I'm like, the only thing I know about gardening is what the Bible tells me. I don't know anything else. But she'll come, and she'll, when we're looking at it, she's like, how come our tree doesn't grow? Like, why doesn't it grow? And I'm like, well, probably because I've never watered it. I've never pruned it. I've never paid any attention to it. It's just there, we let it exist, whatever Mother Nature has, like, that's it. But this is how so many of us treat our spiritual lives. It's like, I'm, I'm just going to leave it, whatever happens, happens. And then inevitably and eventually, we begin to die. And so we don't want anyone in this church to feel like you are not connected. If you're a guest here, and if this is your first time, if you're like, I'm not quite yet comfortable, that is fine. We are so okay with you coming and sitting here and enjoying and getting to know who Jesus is. 
But I'm just here to tell you, because if you're here for a long time, you're going to be like, why is Sky always saying the same thing? We don't want you to stay on the sidelines forever. Our goal as a church is to take people from the back row and bring them to the front row. Right? We want you in the game. We want you playing. And so Jesus says, get planted. He said, the mustard seed must be planted. It must be planted. Can we see the verse one more time? When it comes to being planted, there are two things I want us to understand. Number one, when we are planted is when we grow. It says, a man took the seed and he planted it. But the other thing that we have to understand when it comes to being planted is being planted also means that we are being buried. We're being buried. And it is when it is, and it's here when we are buried that our roots grow. It's here we begin, to, it's, we, begin to, we begin to grow, our walks begin to mature. But the other thing that we need to realize and understand about being planted is that when we are being buried, and I want us to now go in the mind of a seed. In this series, I've taken us into some places. I was like, let's be a branch for a second. Let's be a bird for a second. The seed, when it is buried, does not yet understand what is happening to it. When it goes into the soil, it is dark, it is damp, it is cold, it doesn't know what's going on. And so listen to this, because the seed is a metaphor for our lives. And so there's twofold for being planted. You see, number one, when we are planted and when we connect with people, yeah, we grow and, and our roots begin to develop, but there is also a part, and now we're speaking about seasons, there is a season in which we are planted and it's not going to actually feel like anything's happening. I need us to see this. this is very important. There is a season when we are planted that we will actually be buried. That all we're going to see is darkness. We're not going to see a way out of it. It's going to feel like nothing is happening. We're going to say, God, what's going on? Why am I not growing? God, what's going on? Why is there so much conflict in my life? Why is there so many things happening to me? Because being planted, being buried is twofold. Yes, we grow, but we're also being covered. We're being buried. But the thing is this, and I want to speak to someone that's in darkness right now. Because when you are being buried, our perspective is all I see is darkness. All I see is brokenness. All I see is despair. But what Jesus is saying to us, in that season of being planted, there is a reason that you are going through whatever you are going through right now. And I want to encourage someone because life is not always just rainbows and butterflies. Life is not always join a small group and just watch, you're going to start flying all of a sudden. Part of being planted is being buried. And sometimes God will let us dwell and God will let us linger in obscurity. And we'll wonder, why am I not growing? Why is my life not where it should be right now? Why are things not turning around like I thought they should turn around? But the thing is, in the soil, in the darkness, is where we grow. And sometimes it's through our hardships, sometimes it's through our brokenness that we begin to grow. But this is where it's so important to understand seasons. And it's so important to understand how our lives work in cycles. So I want to speak to someone that's in the darkness right now because what I want you to understand is that although you are in the darkness, although you are in the depths right now, it's just a season. It's just a season. And God knows you could never grow unless you were first buried. You could never grow unless you were first buried. You could never get to where he has called you to go unless you first experience what you're experiencing now. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is found in Genesis. It's Joseph speaking. And he says, and Joseph, his story in a nutshell, he's sold by his brothers into slavery. And his life sucks for a long, long time. But at the very end of it, he says, what they have intended for harm, he said, God has intended it for good. For the saving of many lives. 
So sometimes those things that we are going through, that darkness that we are going through, God has intended you to go through it for you to come back on the other side stronger than ever. But you're going to be buried for a season. It's going to be dark for a season, but it's just a season, and it's in those seasons that God is beginning to take root in your lives. I know so many people, and this may sound weird, but if they didn't have hardships in their lives, they wouldn't come to church. If things were too good, they wouldn't have to ever need to rely on God. If everything was up and to the right. But sometimes God lets us be buried. But look what he says in verse 32. We're closing. The band can come back up. He says, though it is the smallest of all the seeds, when it grows, it is the largest of the garden plants, and it becomes a tree so that the birds can come and perch in its branches. The reason that we get planted, the reason that we get buried, the reason we are in the soil is so that one day we can grow. But there's something I want us to notice in this verse. If anyone knows anything about mustards. Thanks for the vibes. There is actually no such thing as like a mustard tree, as, as far as I could look up. How mustard seeds generally work is they're more of like a bush type thing more of like a thistle type thing. And so some people have been saying to themselves, well, why would Jesus say that it's going to become a tree? That it's going to become a tree that the birds are in? Like, does Jesus not know how his own creation works? But here's where Jesus is going from very literal to very metaphorical. Because he's speaking into our lives right now, and we are that mustard seed. You see, a mustard seed on its own, its greatest potential is just a bush. That's as big as it can ever get. That's as big as impact it will ever have. But what Jesus is saying, he's saying, the kingdom of heaven, your life with me in it. He said, you're going to be planted, you're going to be buried, but at the end of it, he said, you will become a tree. What does a tree symbolize? A tree is something that a mustard seed could never get to on its own. And God has a plan for your life. He has a dream. He has a vision. But he knows you cannot get there by yourself. You're not going to get there on your own. But when you get there, he has, he has expectations that are above and beyond. He wants to do something in your life that is above and beyond. And I love what he says. He says, the, the tree will grow and the birds will come and perch in its branches. What that means is this tree is not just growing for its own sake. This tree is growing and it's going to bring life to other people. It's going to bring life to other people. As a kingdom church, we're growing, we're going to grow, but it's not for us, it's for other people. It's because there's other people out there in St. Albert, in Edmonton, that need to hear about the hope and the love of Jesus Christ. It's going to be a home. And in your life right now, I'm speaking to someone. Whatever you're going through right now, it's just a season. But once that season is done, you're going to be a tree. And once you are planted as a tree, there are other people that are going to find life through you. They're going to find life through your story. They're going to find life through your hardships. A seed becomes a tree. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. You see how God works is God takes us beyond expectations. It's beyond expectations. Can everyone just stand for a second? We're going to close. Whatever dreams you have for your life, whatever vision you have for your life, I believe wholeheartedly God wants to take us beyond. He wants to do more in our lives than we could ever imagine. Ephesians 3.20 to the God that wants to do abundantly more than we could ever dream or imagine. But before we get there, for some people in this room, it's time for that first step. It's time for that first step, and that first step is just saying, hey, I want to give Jesus my life. I want him in my 
life. So if that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask everyone's heads are bowed, everyone's eyes are closed. We just want to give people the opportunity to respond to Jesus, to a love that is so great, great, a love that is so deep, a love that is so accepting. We want to give you the chance to respond to him for the very first time. Every single one of us in this room that have made that decision beforehand, we are praying for you right now. We just want to give you the chance to accept Jesus. It's super simple. All I'm going to ask you to do on the count of three is raise your hand. And all you're saying is count me in that prayer, Harrison. I want to give my life to Jesus. If I ask you this morning, I'm going to count to three. Just raise your hand. One, two, three. Just show me your hand. Everyone's eyes are closed. Thank you. Thank you. Just keep your hands raised. The whole church, we're going to raise our hands real quick. We just pray together. Just follow after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for saving me. God, today, I choose to follow you. I give you my everything. I give you my wins, and I give you my sins. I pray, Jesus, that you change me into a new creation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands for everyone that made that decision. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this series. We hope that message, that series inspired you, encouraged you. If you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. You will find everything you need and so much more. We'll see you soon. Take care.